Hello, I'm Annalisa Mackey, CEO of PADS Program LLC, publishers of the award-winning PADS Social Emotional Learning Curriculum for Preschool to Grade 5, and the author of the Evidence-Informed Emozi SEL Program for 6th through Grade 12, and the co-author of the upcoming book, Social Emotional Classroom, A New Way to Nurture Students and Understand the Brain. Welcome to this episode of Social Emotional Us, a podcast for educators, parents, and anyone interested in improving the lives of children through social-emotional learning. Today, I'm joined by Oren Shahar, a teacher in Tampa, Florida. Oren has a master's degree in education from the University of Florida and a Master of Science of Education from Purdue University. In this episode, we talk about cultivating gratitude, why gratitude is important, and the best strategies to use in promoting gratitude in your life and in the lives of your students. Welcome to the podcast, Oren. Can you give Thank us a you. bit more background about your teaching experience in general and your teaching of social emotional learning in particular in your classroom? So I came across social emotional learning through a training at my school where we had we got a grant to get an organization, Frameworks of Tampa Bay, to come in and train the entire staff about social emotional learning. And I'm generally the cynical one of the bunch where I'm going, uh-huh. And then I started seeing the results. Ah started seeing that the social emotional learning was actually helping the students. In what way did you, did you notice it? So the year that we started was the year that I had the dramatic group of the school. So there was a constant sense of this person is talking about me, this person's doing this to me, this person, this, that, and the other, he said, she said. And one of the most fun parts was as we're going through these past lessons, which are scripted. There's not like, let me just make my own thing. So this talking about the quality of the lessons, how one of the students, the same student almost every single time, how did he know? (laughs) The lessons were directly related to the problems that they were having in class. So seeing that was a big green sign of, hooray, this is actually working. They're seeing the relationship between what we're doing and their lives. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, We had new teachers who needed to get trained. So they were coming up to me. They knew I'd been trained and were asking me the same questions I would ask. Like, is this a waste of my time? Mm -hmm. Do I need to be doing this? So rather than tell them, no, this is actually helpful, found some of the students that I had last year. And I asked them not, did you like it? Because, no, it's not the most exciting thing always. But did you find it helpful? Each student I asked That's important, right? It's about, can, is it useful? Did it make a difference for them, right? Exactly. And every single one of them said, yes, it was helpful. So seeing that not only were they recognizing the usefulness as we're going through and seeing how this relates directly to their life that day, but then having that opportunity to reflect about it after the summer, a little bit into the school year and go, yes, we're still taking this with us. It's still something we've recognized was beneficial. That's really what solidified my support of social-emotional learning. So as we mentioned, this episode is going to focus on cultivating gratitude, which is a part of social-emotional learning, and in particular, the self-awareness part, knowing yourself and you know, understanding what you're good at, what you, know, you might need to work on, how you feel about things, that sort of thing. So gratitude is a big part of that. When you're in the classroom, what strategies do you use to help cultivate gratitude with your students? One of the things that I do is I model the gratitude. 
mm-hmm. by generally thanking them when they offer support or help. Like, oh, I left the papers over there. Thank you so much for offering to get that for me. Mm-hmm. And then by also not forcing the gratitude. What do you mean by that, Oren? By the time they reach me, I spent most of my career teaching fifth grade. I've done kindergarten, first, second, fourth, fifth, and a bit of sixth. By the time they reach me, they're they're not buying it when you force a student to apologize. They recognize that that's insincere and disingenuous. So by giving them that opportunity to genuinely apologize and not forcing them to do it, they then recognize, first of all, either no, they're not actually sorry, and that's a separate discussion that we have later, or they reach that gratitude point where they go, oh, they're genuinely sorry. They recognize that there is this misunderstanding that happened that now I can be grateful that we are on the same page, and I recognize that we are, in fact, on the same team. And typically what happens is if they don't want to do the apology because they recognize they're not actually feeling sorry for it, having that discussion as to why don't you feel sorry, let's look at it from your perspective, how do you think this all played out? And then taking those two minutes to then listen to them and then have the other student discuss their perspective, then get to that point where it's like, oh, this was all a big mistake, misunderstanding, or, oh, we do disagree with this. But we can agree to move on and move forward. And therefore, they get to that point where there is that genuine, sincere apology. And they're grateful to have had that opportunity to have worked together. And then even if they're not friends, I tell my students every year, you don't have to be friends with everyone in the class. It's not going to happen. But you do have to be nice to them. And by having this opportunity, they realize, okay, we can still work together. Right. Right. So yesterday was Canadian Thanksgiving. October 11th. And that made me think about, of course, what I'm thankful for, as uh, I get to be thankful to celebrate two Thanksgivings in the year, because I'm Canadian and I live in the US. So I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. And I highly recommend everybody do it because it gives you a chance to think about, besides eating turkey more than regular allotted amount, you can eat it one more time. But not only that, you get to think about what you are thankful for or grateful for more than one time a year that you might be just sort of setting aside the time. And I think that thinking about what you're thankful for, what's in your life that is, allows you to feel fortunate, right? That, you know, that's really important to be able to think about some of those things, the glass half full rather than the glass half empty, like we had talked about before the, the, we started recording. So, What ways do you help your students be thankful for the things that they have in their lives? Or how do you highlight that idea of being thankful or grateful? So I do this through a couple of different ways. One of them is every day we have our paths of the day and they get that chance to choose two of their friends to give them compliments, which then, okay, fine. They know they're getting one from the teacher. So like, fine, whatever. I have to get that one. And then some of them go home and actually get one from their family. But then the two from their friends, when they get to choose their friends, they start feeling that there is that positivity there. They start feeling grateful for their friends, grateful for their community, and grateful to be there. So the compliments that are you're implementing, that compliment time is really helping to highlight what somebody else likes in the child that's being the special child of that day 
And then the child who's get receiving the compliment is more grateful for their friends. Is that how you're looking at that then? Part of it, grateful for their friends. Part of it, grateful to have that supportive environment. Because Uh, yes, they may be choosing two people to give them compliments. So they know that they're going to be getting them, but they don't know what the compliment's going to be. mm -hmm. So hearing what other people generally think about them is very satisfying for them. And they just feel excited to know, hey, I may be the one who chose who gives me the compliment, but I know it's genuine. So I'm grateful to get it. And what I've done in the past, because the students don't always do a good job at thinking of compliments on the spot, is we've chosen who that person will be at the end of the day. And then part of their entry work as they come in is everyone writes down a compliment. So then while the student who is chosen might only get two of them written down on their certificate, at the end, they also collect all the post-it notes that each student wrote their compliment on and now has this pile of compliments. So now they can also feel that amazingness later as well. Well, that I would say definitely would engender a level of gratitude in your classroom for sure. And I think you mentioned that there was a couple of other ways that you, strategies that you use in your classroom. Do you want to share some of those? So another one that I use is just sharing with them the positivity. Mm -hmm. Like anyone who knows me knows that I am sarcastic. And as I've mentioned, I am cynical. However, (laughs) showing them that in spite of those two things, I can still see that half full glass. Mm-hmm. Like things go wrong. It is a part of life. But showing them that there's always that silver lining, that I'm always grateful that something is still here. Mm-hmm. It's not all doom and gloom. There's always something positive, always something to look forward to. Like, oh no, I wasn't able to get my copies done. Good news for you guys. Your test is tomorrow. <laughs> We're grateful for that. I'm sure that everybody's always grateful for that, right? There's always one who just wants to get it over with. True, true. And none so, of the students are grateful for that student. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oren, I'm, I'm sure you're well aware that in, during the last year and a half-ish, there's been a lot of, uh, much made about the pandemic and a lot of negativity, you know, in the media, we, we hear about depression and anxiety are on the rise. There's concern about learning loss. There's concern about this well-being of students and families and teachers. So there's a lot of worry, a lot of worry. At the same time though, I feel that this pandemic has offered us, if we choose, an opportunity to be grateful for some things as well. And so I'm sure that, you know, you've had your students coming back to the classroom, depending upon where people are in the country and how each community is handling uh, the pandemic is different from community to community, state to state, country to country, in fact. But I think you'd have to be living under a rock not to have heard that there are concerns and worries. So I'm sure that you know, your students have come back to the classroom and with this knowledge, whether or not they've had to deal with teaching online or the being isolated at home or whether they've have been, they've gone to school, but maybe have had friends that have gotten sick or parents that have gotten sick. This is, there's been a lot of concerns, 
But again, like I said, I think there's some things that we can point to lighten the load a little bit in terms of gratitude. So how have you spoken to your students about the pandemic in relationship to gratitude? So the way that I did it the previous school year as opposed to this school year is different. The previous school year, Florida was providing the options for students to be either at home full-time, in-person full-time, or hybrid model. So there it was focusing on, hey, we are all at least able to see each other because we were we're using video webcams so we can, you know, turn them and see each other and having that social time to at least know that we're all there. And then as the year went on, more and more of them trickled back into the classroom. So having that opportunity then as we're going forward to go, hey, look, we are so glad to have so many people back and we're getting a chance to get a little bit more normal. This year, Florida said you are either in person the entire time or you're registering for virtual school. So this year, starting with, hey, look, everyone's back. This is awesome. Look at these people who you did not see last year. Mm-hmm. They are super happy to see you. They're super excited to be back. They're grateful to be back, even if they may not have wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. But having this chance to go, look, we are back together as a community. Whether last year it was, we're back together as a community because we can all interact with each other. Or this year, all back as a community because we're all physically in the same room together, working together. Mm-hmm. Both of them are ways to try and highlight that gratitude of here is how things are progressing and getting better. So basically, you were saying that you felt you that highlighting the fact that people were be able to return to normal life, you know, return to you know in person classrooms, return to their friends, those sorts of things that that's where you really spent your time focusing on the gratitude of that. Is that, would that be correct? Correct. Yes. Do you think that there was any other areas of the, that experience? Well, and today it's still to some extent, depending on where you are ongoing. Do you think that there's any other areas that we could feel a sense of gratitude for the opportunity to have some time that's different when we were staying at home, if you stayed at home, was there something to feel grateful about that versus just business as usual? So at the start of the pandemic, there was that sense of gratitude of having the safety of being at home back when we were still learning more about what COVID is, how it's transmitted, and all the other facts about COVID. As we moved forward, there was a lot more of that gratitude of being able to be with each other and socialize more. Because as I'm sure you've noticed as well, talking to someone on Zoom or Teams or whatever your school district or school is using is not the same as being in the room with them. Oh, absolutely. The energy is just not, it's not the same at all. I I totally agree. But on the side of being, you know, thinking about glass half full, it's great that we have some of those technologies because... Now I know I'm going to be dating myself, but back in the day when I was a kid, we didn't have this sort of thing. There were no computers. We had a phone that was attached to the wall with a really long cord and we had one phone, right? So if I was on the phone, that meant my brother was not, nor my mom, nor my dad, Right. So, and I couldn't monop- monopolize the whole, the phone because they had people that they wanted to speak with too. 
So, you know, I think now the opportunity for those of us who have access to technology and I, another thing to be grateful for is I think schools, school districts, they really tried very, very hard to address the inequities that some communities were facing where they didn't, not everybody had access to the technology. I think they've, there's been a lot of effort to try to address that. Last year, we gave out all of the classroom sets of laptops to students who were going to be learning from home. Right. I know some school districts had buses that they would park in certain areas that had a wireless router on them that would provide free internet to students to ensure that they had stable internet to make sure that they could get on there. Right. And while I'm sure they weren't grateful to have to do the work, I'm sure they were <laughs> grateful to have that sense of normalcy, knowing, okay, I'm still being a normal whatever age I am and doing my schoolwork like everyone else who's in school. Right. I think it's interesting, too, I was talking to a work colleague of mine, and she has two girls that are in middle school. And, you know, in prior years, they, you know, they've kind of complained about having to go to school and, you know, haven't really always enjoyed the school experience. It hasn't been always, you know, the nirvana that we would all like to think school is. But this year, going back into the classroom, she says that they have not complained once about going to school nor have they, when they were passing the school, I guess during the, on the, over the weekend, one of the weekends, their mom mentioned something about, you know, aren't you glad you're on? It's, it's the weekend. And they said, oh no, we love school. <laughs> and she just about fell off her chair. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Thankfully so she didn't seeing, if she was driving. Yeah, really. But <laughs> are you seeing that, that kids are just so pleased to be back? They, they re- recognize that the, being in the classroom with their friends, being with their teachers, it's actually a privilege. They're very grateful to be back. Like as much as nobody wants to be in school and do work, they're grateful for that sense of normalcy, grateful for knowing that they need to be in school and grateful at the very least to be with their friends. And I think the student last year that I had who was the least excited to come back to school was the one who was watching iCarly all day long. And because of that, she didn't really do too well the first quarter. So her mom didn't give her a choice. Mm. (laughs) So she whined and complained a bit. But then she realized, oh, my friends are here. This is good. (laughs) And then she stopped whining about it. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, right? Because uh, kids, uh, as much as we all know that we're, you know, social beings, when we haven't had a chance to be around other people, we re- recognize that need is very, very strong in all of us to, to have friends, to be social, to, to connect with other individuals. Um, and there's a lot of science behind that too, which, you know, we don't need to all, always get into, but um, I think it makes some sense. So, you know, sometimes it can be difficult uh, looking at the big picture when going through hard times. What do you do to help recenter and regain your sort of uh, positivity and gratitude? So one of the things that I've found that really helps me out is just stopping what I'm doing and taking three deep breaths. Mm-hmm. It helps me just focus on what I'm doing, helps me take a chance to recenter myself and just a brief pause, long enough to gather my thoughts, 
but not long enough to get lost in my thoughts or get lost in whatever else is going around me. So taking that moment that when things are just not always going the way you want them to, so just those couple deep breaths, which is also how we always start our day together, giving that chance to take those couple deep breaths. So basically self-regulation is what you're talking about. That is exactly it, yes. And I would maybe just throw in there a little bit of mindfulness too, being present in the moment and trying to be there rather than, you know, in the past, thinking about things that have happened or thinking about things that are going to happen. I think when we allow ourselves to not live in the present moment, it's very easy to lose a sense of gratitude. I agree. Having that moment to take those deep breaths lets you go, okay, here's what's happening right now. Here is how I can choose to respond to it. Here is a moment for me to go, here's what's going well, here's what's not going well with it, and here's how I want to change it or to maintain it. Right. I think also going back to when we were talking about, you know, the effects of the pandemic, I think also when you think about what is important in our lives, right? I think sometimes when things are taken away from us, you know, having to stay at home, not being able to go to work, not being able to go to school, not being able to see your friends, not being able to associate with, you know, other family members and not being able to go to live your life, like go out to the restaurant or go to a, a show or all of these things that you, we are so, so accustomed to. Once we are, all of that sort of has come to a grinding halt, it just kind of leaves us with who we are. We were just talking about being mindful and being in that moment. Matt, I think a lot of us have been in that moment a lot lately and trying to figure out what is really important to me. What will I keep in my life? And what will I maybe let go of some of? Because it turns out all that distraction as it turns out, wasn't these, those particular things weren't that important to me. Have you seen any of that experience with yourself or with your students or with any fellow colleagues? With myself, definitely. Having that time where we just really couldn't go anywhere. So staying at home and having that chance to go, what would I normally be doing? Is that something I want to pick up on doing when I'm able to? Or is it something that I just want to like keep not doing? Has been incredibly helpful for me. Mm -hmm. I know I've got some colleagues and friends who definitely did the whole sourdough thing. They're part of the reason why nobody could find yeast. <laughs> and some of them were like, oh, never doing that again. Mm -hmm. Others were like, oh, no, I do like baking. I do like doing these things around the house that I've never actually done before. Because you're so busy going, 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 right? Like all of a sudden, you're not going at all. Or you couldn't go anywhere. And then with the students... I've seen less of it just because of seeing them in school is that more limited environment. But from talking to them, some of them discovered, oh, reading's not so terrible. There are books that I like. Or they caught up with all the TV they ever wanted to see and were like, that wasn't worth it. Yeah, if only I could get that time back, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I do think that there are things um, going forward that we'll all decide we're going to keep because we, we found that we needed those things. I think we filled some of our time with things that new activities or 
new ways of looking at the world. And maybe we'll keep some of those too, which I think, again, is about gratitude, not looking towards what you do have that is good, as opposed to only thinking about the loss. It's definitely hard not to focus on some of the loss, but I think gratitude is sort of an antidote for that. I wholeheartedly agree with you. This was a time that gave us to go, oh no, we've lost these things, but also time to go, oh wow, we've gotten this. Like one of the things that my family started doing was we had several uh, times that we met together on Zoom Mm -hmm. just because we could, like we'd never actually done that before. And since things started opening up, I'm sad to say we actually haven't done it since, but it is something that now that I'm thinking about it, I'd like to reach back out to them and go, hey, we should do this again. We all enjoyed it. It was great. It was hard to pick a time because we're all across the globe, but it's something that all of us enjoyed. Right. I think that's the thing that we have to try to look at what we did with the the time that we were given and keep the things that were great and not forget that moving forward. So, Orin, I wanted to say thanks so much for spending this time talking about all of the things that we're grateful for and how you are cultivating gratitude in your classroom with your students, talking about it with your work colleagues. And I hope that we were able to give some tips for our listeners out there that uh, might be thinking about how they would like to address gratitude in their classrooms as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful for the opportunity. (laughs) Well, we're grateful that you uh, agreed to come on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our wonderful guests for this thought-provoking conversation. If our listeners would like to continue the conversation about this topic, please find us on Facebook under Paz Program. Feel free to ask questions on the podcast episode post. We'll answer them, and we may feature the answers in a future Facebook Live video. Please join us next time on Social Emotional Us as we continue to explore how SEL can benefit everyone at any age.